looking to start a podcast but don't know where to begin? Look no further. The team at Dodge Media Productions has 20 years of experience as podcast listeners and observing the industry and eight years experience in podcast production. We can help you take your podcast from idea to fruition and we'll make the process seamless and easy. We'll help you with everything from recording and editing to hitting the charts on Apple Podcasts. So what are you waiting for? Contact us today and let's get started. DodgeMediaProductions.com You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts, so this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodge Movie Podcast. This is episode 148, Two Night Stand from 2014. Uh, this is available on Stars, and if you want to get it for free, you can do what we did, which is sign up for the seven-day free trial. Seven-day free trial. And I canceled that today since we're all done with it. The director of this film is Max Nichols, who is the son of Mike Nichols. Ooh, Mike Nichols? Mm-hmm. Uh, did what did he do that I know him from? Mike Nichols? Yeah. Oh, a Lordy. bunch of stuff. Oh, Lord. Hey, you don't have to look it up. Just asking. Mike Nichols. Jeez Louise, that photo made him look like Danny Kay. So, Mike Nichols, we know from Who's Afraid of Virginia, Virginia Woolf, The Graduate, Catch 22. That's it, The Graduate. That's what we know Silkwood, from. Silkwood, Heartburn, Biloxi Blues, Working Girl. Postcards from the Edge, we've uh, talked yeah, about yeah, on the podcast. Regarding Henry, The Birdcage, Primary Colors, What Planet Are You From? And the last film is, that's listed here is 2007, Charlie Wilson's War. I, I think he may be passed away, but Birdcage is probably more. Mick, Mr. Nichols died in 2014. Okay. All right. There we go. So, wow. And this film came out then. So Max uh, did a T-Pain video in 2006, and in 2017, he did an episode of Day 5. Do you mean T-Pain, like the winner of season one of The Masked Singer, T-Pain? <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay. And this this film, The Two Night Stand, was his feature directorial debut. Oh, I think it's a good one. Good yeah. job, Max. Yeah, good job. For Strong Sarah. out of the gate. Yeah. It stars Leo Tipton, who at the time of this filming, her name was Anna Lee, and Miles Teller. Who really, his nickname should have been Bank. <laughs> why, joke. why did that take me so long? Because I told you that joke when we were watching the film. Yeah, yeah. It also stars Jessica So. Zor. I don't know how you say that. Yeah. Zor? Zor? Zor. Let's say Zor. Okay. Uh, and, she can write in and tell us. Yes, I would love that. And Kid Cudi. Isn't he like a singer, rap, R&B kind of guy? I believe he's guy? a rapper. I yeah, sound, yeah, we both yeah. sound so old right now. Oh, um, I, I should tell the listeners <laughs> I know no pop music. I'd always heard the name Kid Cudi and didn't have a face, and now I do. The DP is Bobby Bukowski. I love that name. That, that name. God, I love but a Bobby But doesn't that Bukowski. sound like an East Coast guy? Yeah, oh. we got Bobby Bukowski on this film. You need that done? Call Bobby Bukowski. He will get it done. Is Bobby Bukowski available? He brought us 1999's Arlington Road and 2005's Boogeyman and 2009's The Messenger. He was the DP on all those films. This was filmed in New York City. Almost a bottle app, really, if you think That's about it. That's what I was going to say. It, they do have a couple scenes in Megan's apartment and then the police station. But other than that, most of the film does take place in, an in apartment. a ridiculously large apartment. 
coming back Can to... Can you imagine setting your film entirely in one space? Right. What if it was like six feet by eight feet? That would be insane. What person would do that? Right. The writer... Another person would do it in just in an apartment. <laughs> the same person. <laughs> yeah. Holy vey, that guy should have his director's card remo- revoked. The writer is Mark Hammer, who did... 2022 shotgun wedding and you'll be the death of me uh not not ringing a bell nope but i'm just i'm just giving you i do like this the script so he did a good job he did a good job okay the synopsis for this film is a snowstorm forces two people who made an online connection wink wink to unwillingly extend their one night stand as the blizzard goes through the night so quite the premise i mean it's a really, really good premise. The thought that here you've just had this kind of, you know, little hookup and you right. just awkwardly wanted to like, peace out. prevent the person from leaving? Right. And yeah. so now we force them to stay together. Right. Yeah. It's great. Tagline for this film. I got two for you. Before okay. love, after sex. Not that good. And a love story for their ages. Uh, yeah, that one, they're, yeah, they're both yeah. a little on the weakest mm-hmm. side. Much like we talked about a couple weeks ago, this one was on the blacklist in 2011. Mm-hmm. And I right. believe the films we were talking about when I talked about the blacklist yeah. were also 2011. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the year. Which but is yeah. within the same theme that mm-hmm. we have this mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. So it is very interesting. Yeah, apparently films with that theme are maybe more likely to end up on that blacklist. Right? Oh, dear. Yeah. Production was supposed to start in October of 2012, but that's when Hurricane Sandy hit New York City. So it caused a gas shortage and that meant no power for generators and the trucks. So they actually did start filming. They put the two of these kids in this apartment and basically said go. So they must have had, I don't know, batteries or I don't know what, but they were filming very like almost immediately after Hurricane Sandy. Huh. Not wild? That is wild. Okay. Hit me with your pickup line. Okay, uh this one is going to uh invoke the censors. There's uh, some of the seven words you can't say on television Mark here. this one explicit. Right. Shit, fuck. And that's from Megan. And then the weatherman on TV mentions a possible blizzard, which is closer to actually talking about what the film would be about. Right. Yes. It informs us without realizing it, right? It's exposition and it's setting up the stakes Because at that point, we don't know that she's going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. I believe that Miles Teller filmed this right after Whiplash. So as far as casting... We knew Anna Lee, now Leo, in... Crazy uh, Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love. And obviously he was in Whiplash. So pretty good gets, I would say. They were. I would say at the time they weren't quite as as well known. But yes, the, the good get for a small independent film like this, right? And I thought really good acting from everyone in the film, but specifically these two because he was just kind of like... Like, he was a sweet kid. He just, he was like, okay, a girl wants to come over and and hook up. All right, I'm down. And they had cute banter in the very beginning. And she kind of was a little manic pixie dream girl. I mean, she had a little bit of a... So we, um, 
I, I, this is why I think that storytelling is really good in this, in that the beginning of the film, we have a different idea of who they are as people that changes as we learn more about what got them to that spot. Right. And so at first we think he's just a bro who's online looking at porn and this girl messages him and he's like, okay, sure. Come over. Right. But then we find out later that there's a motivation for him to have a, a, a casual hookup. And the same w with her. We at first think she is just kind of this fl flighty kind of shut in basically loser. And then we find out more that she is responding to some other other things that happened in her life. And one of the things that is prescient about this film, I think, that really resonates, I bet, with people now is she got an entire bachelor's degree and doesn't want to ever do anything with it. And I suspect that there are people who are, you know, 25 right now who can resonate with that, mm -hmm. that character. If I did what I was supposed to do, I just kind of fell into this thing. And then four years later, I graduate and I, I don't want to do that. What, what do I have to do? I kind of wasted four years. So I thought that that her character went from being not particularly likable because she was, you know, sitting around in her sweatpants and she didn't have a job. Her roommate talked about how long it had been and she didn't help with anything. But um, then we find out later kind of the reasons why this might be so. Right. What about the cinematography? Considering that we have a snowstorm outside, we're going to have lots of blue hued light probably coming in, although I guess we're inside and so it's going to maybe have a warmer cast. But what did you think about? And they are in this kind of nondescript bachelor pad, as it were. Right. So they had a couple of things that I, I really liked about kind of the, the general filmmaking or visually. Well, the first one is um, the credits were intermixed with her filling out a dating profile, which I thought was kind of clever the way they did that. But there's a montage, which I love. You love a montage. Uh, trying to get a hookup online montage. And then there's a, a neat little uh, insert of something he mentioned earlier in the film in dialogue is oatmeal with a jelly smiley face. So right. I thought that was good. But really, the, the, the only note I have of kind of classic camera work that is, I think, really fantastic is at the end of the film, she comes out of the police station and she decides she is going to call him. And as she's talking, Miles Teller, well, like great timing, they coordinated. He walks into the background of the shot, but they did it with such a shallow depth of field that at first it's almost like you don't know it's a person. And then I knew it was him because I'd seen the film before. But then he slowly walks into focus while she's talking to him on the phone. It was really such an, a sweet shot. Really, I really enjoyed that. That's awesome. And so as far as writing, what did you think of the idea or even just the theme of, okay, we, we, cause they, um, they have sex and, and they're trapped and they kind of get over the initial stuff. And then they start talking about what they did right or wrong during sex that they liked. Right. And they decide, why don't we capitalize on this opportunity that we have no feelings involved, but if you give me you know, like the pro and con of sleeping with me and I'll right, give it yeah. to you. And so they test and, the, and so they do that. They talk about that, which that is kind of provides some, I guess, humor and different things. And so they are like, okay, let's test our theory. If we both do what the other one said they would have rather or have done. So, so it's almost like they're, they're scientists of sorts, right? They're 
can we improve upon our own abilities? I, I'm going to put the over under at about a million of guys who have tried that line. Like, oh, I'm just trying to help you get better at your technique. This is for science. Yeah, I, I actually, on the second watching, I, I I don't buy that quite as much. I think there were probably more feelings there because, so here here's where it first starts to me is the morning after, right? So she gets up. Um, and tries to sneak out and the alarm goes off. So she's pretending to be bad. He, he gets up for that and then he comes back to bed and he goes right back to sleep. No, I think if you're in it for the Humpty Hump, like she's awake, you're awake, there's nowhere to go. You're going to offer round two right away. So that's why I don't buy it later when he's like, oh, hey, just in the name of science, <laughs> right? I don't know who had the idea. Was it him or her? Well, she was, she she originally, I think, gave him feedback. And then he said, well, why don't we go try okay. out our it. new techniques? Yeah, I think. And so watching it the second time, I, I, I bought less his innocence, right? I saw it as a bit more like, oh, yeah, you, you landed it. But this is a shtick, right? You're, so that, that part of it, I, I do like the premise of open communication and, you know, talking about their needs and all those things are good things. And maybe kind of the setup of there's nothing to lose because they keep saying like, oh, I'll never see you again. And, and this reminds me of when Harry met Sally, right? He's like, oh, you know, and does that lower the stakes? Can people be themselves more honestly if they think, oh, I'll never see this person again? So I think the premise of the film is fantastic. But as I mentioned before, watching it a second time, I think he was up to something sooner than I realized the first time I saw the film. I realized I'm watching this film that, I would be homicidal if I was trapped in an apartment with no food. Yeah. So that was okay. <laughs> that unnerved that me. That bumped me. Right. But I think there's an explanation for it. It makes sense. When I first saw the film, I thought, okay, first of all, he's an assistant bank manager. He makes enough money to have groceries and he presumably wouldn't get that job if he had no organizational or planning skills at all. Right. But the second watching through, it still bumped me, but then I realized, oh, I think we're supposed to think that he's that upset about the note that he found, that his previous girlfriend was going to break up with him, that, you know, it drove him to all sorts of impulsive behaviors. And then uh, to me, it landed a little bit more like, okay, he might not have food. And as we've talked about before, one of my very good friends, when he was that age, had nothing in his refrigerator. Well, I think a combination of that, and I know in New York City, there's a lot of eating out. You mm -hmm. just, it's it's almost, it's hard because your refrigerator's small and your cupboards are small and you have to walk to like the bodega to get, you know, whatever your stuff. So you're not, it's not like you're going to do a Costco run, <laughs> like you're a big right. haul. And so I could, I, 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 I could buy it because he probably, especially like you said, if he was upset with his previous situation, that he would be either not eating at all or just get a pizza or he would get a burrito or get a hot dog on the corner previous to this. And so he wouldn't have. I'm just seeing if I. Right. And another thing, because I, I just realized my one caveat to that would be, oh, well, they said there might be a blizzard coming, but we have dialogue where he says, you New Yorkers are such wussies, you'd never make it a winter in Minnesota. 
So that would explain to me why he would think, well, of course I can just walk someplace and get food. Right, right. You whiners. Right, This right. is just a little snow. Exactly. I will say, though, I, I was curious about, I know how snow could trap you in because big buildings with public spaces, the doors open out instead of in. So, uh, yeah, a pile of snow would make it hard. But I would presume that there's like a building super who has an answer to that so that his tenants can get out of their building. So I would think like if it snows, you have snow plows on the road. Wouldn't you have a guy that's supposed to go out and shovel the walkway? I don't know. Was there, because I wasn't listening as carefully to the weatherman. I wonder if there was like, I do, I do remember him saying like, so just stay in. But it wasn't right. like a state of emergency. Everybody stay home. Right. By the premise, by the bet. By the premise, by the bet. If they're focusing on the <laughs> fact that they can't get out of the right. building, we've already lost them. All right. So apologies to Mr. Nichols that I am that guy. I am the viewer <laughs> who's like, why don't they just pull the pins off the door and let it fall inward and then they can walk out all they want. Oh, because the pins would have been on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was there anything about Megan's apartment versus his apartment that stood out to you? I didn't really notice much. We really didn't see a whole lot of it. She was just on that couch, seemed to be the, the majority and that I recall. And then her bedroom later, and then her friends were on the couch later. Yeah. Or no, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, just yeah, using yeah. Her yeah, they were um, comforter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about the themes? The themes in this film are obviously sex. Well, I think it's, uh, yeah, the, the relationship between sex and love can you mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. physical intimacy without emotional intimacy and i think i think the the film develops the answer is no right and once feelings enter into the picture it changes everything even the set yeah and it was also kind of interesting in that the his character what was his name uh, again uh, alec uh, not Alex. <laughs> I Alec. know. We should um, remember that. His his character, the, his girlfriend, cheated on him. And I think in films it's fairly cliche that a male has extracurricular activities. And that was interesting in that they reversed that a little bit. And they showed that he was emotionally hurt by her, by her wanting to break up with him. And then when he does break up with that girlfriend... He asks her if she had faked her orgasms and she's like, that's what you're concerned about now. And he has this, I thought, really succinct line. He's like, well, I'm thinking about a lot of things. I'm, you know, thinking about memories and, and, you know, the pain and these other things. But this is like the one thing that, that he was, because I think that was central to the, the film was kind of, again, how their physical intimacy interacted with their emotional intimacy. I think they went to that. I think another thing that, that the film, I think, looks at is kind of the, the nature of how things start, right? Is they didn't have the traditional romantic comedy, Courting, cute yeah. meat. They, they were kind of, like you said, like a bottle up. They were thrown into it, almost like they were dumped into an elevator, mm -hmm. right? And they... They're stuck in an elevator together. And what, right. what happens? What happens then? Gosh, somebody should make a film about that. Somebody should. <laughs> Check your show notes. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, was there any head trauma between these two? I did not catch any head trauma. One ping pong ball bravely gave its life for the film. <laughs> right. In like your scariest kind of way. Oh, God, goodness. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I will not go into this right now, but I just, I don't like garbage disposals let's get rid of them okay 
How about a, well, we know they kiss. Smoochy, smoochy, smoochy. Okay, I, I basically just said they, they smooch repeatedly. <laughs> there, is, there, there are too many time codes. There's a too. lot of activity uh, of, of a, a smoochy uh, nature. Yes, uh, there's all, a lot of kissing. All over their bodies, all by the way. All over the bodies, yeah. yes. This is, yes. Uh, I should say, um, if, if an individual is, is uh, uncomfortable with certain language or certain sexual themes, this may not be the film for you. Correct. It's probably a little bit on the racier side. Definitely. But I, I actually, I don't think, it didn't feel tawdry to me. No. It felt like it was part of the film. Yeah, it definitely fit within the script yeah. and the yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, driving review, there wasn't much driving. The only note I have is that I have no idea... If a 2008 International Workstar snowplow is an accurate snowplow <laughs> for the city of New York. Don't know. Yeah. Once again, we need our New York audience to yeah, weigh in. In particular, somebody from the municipal works yes. kind of department that would yes. be able to weigh in on, on the fabulous. issue of snowplows. Yes. Although I will accept a snowplow expert from other states as well. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We're not picky. That's right. We it, just want people to talk to us. Is there a Minnesotan snowplow expert? Welcome oh, to, to have to them be. talk to us. There has to be. Yeah, yeah. All right. Shall we go to the numbers? Let's go to the numbers. Okay. This film had a budget. So this is very indie. $1.6 million. Yeah, that's a tiny budget for a Hollywood film. That's a wee budget. Uh, domestically, it made $15,600. Oopsie. That, that's that's like a few zeros too few. <laughs> right. Worldwide. Ah, yeah, there we go. It it came over half of what its initial investment was at $868,000. So that almost seems like it really didn't have a theatrical release in the U.S. Right, which this was 2014, so I don't know why that necessarily would be. why. I remember, so we've seen this movie before, and did yeah. you just kind of stumble on it? I did. Okay. I stumbled on it on a streaming service um, long after 2014. Yeah. So it got, no, that's why I said it's uh, yeah. almost like it didn't get a release here. Exactly. But I can't understand necessarily why, because it's not like, you know, it was a 2019 movie or 2020. Right. I don't know yeah. why they would bury it. Yeah. It gets a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. So it's interesting because it's only 0.2 less than last week's movie of, Friends, Friends with, with benefits. benefits. Critics really didn't love this. 38%. So it's kind of rotten. What? Yeah. Audiences liked it more. 45%. Almost half of the people oh, said, okay. I like I this movie. strongly disagree with all of those ratings. This is a really good film. Yeah, you really liked it. I, I did too. Yeah, especially watching yeah. it a second time. It was enjoyable. It's the perfect length, according to Justin Morrow. One hour, 26 minutes. Oh, he landed it. <laughs> Way to go, Mr. Nichols. Morrow, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, rated R, and like, and it's labeled as a rom-com. The studio that put this out is Apartment 2, Dearest Films, and Flynn Picture Company. Angela Demo and Julie Schubert were nominated for a Casting Society Award for Outstanding Achievement in Casting in a Low-Budget Feature. There's like four people in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good work, but not a lot of work. Well, we, we have his ex-girlfriend. Okay, that's five. And a police officer, six. <laughs> um, no, uh, that may have been an insanely difficult job. But uh, casting to get Anna, those two, yeah. Annalena yeah. Leo and Miles 
tell her. I mean, I guess. Right, yeah. To it get- could, I mean, look, I don't know. This is kind of like with editor. I don't know how to give a person an award because I haven't seen what they had to work with. Right. Right. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah. Hey, hey, I, 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 w- I was teasing. I was making a joke. Actually, uh, great. If they got an award, awesome. I yeah. have no idea how hard it is to be a casting agent. So good on you. All right. So I was wrong last week. This is the third movie of the month. So, you know, it seems like more to the listeners, when you watch all these movies and, and talk about them, it's easy for us to move our finger and right. lose our place. I talk about them a week or two before they, yeah. the rest of you hear them. Oh, you're letting them see how the sausage is made. I know, I know. So anyway, we're halfway through the month. Please continue to give your guesses. Next week, we will be talking about Carol, followed up by the sessions. When we, um, those two episodes, we will announce uh, our plans for next year and what how we're going to choose our films and we're kind of changing everything up. And then on our first episode of 2024, we will announce the winner of the contest for December as well as the whole year who wins the $100 Amazon gift card. So get those guesses in. You still have time. And each get each correct guess, well, I guess everybody can only have one, but, but you at least get one more addition to the contest for the gift card. So anyway, I say all that, but never forget. Dodges never stop and neither do the movies. Thanks for listening to Dodge Movie Podcast with Christy and Mike Dodge of Dodge Media Productions. To find out more about this podcast and what we do, go to dodgemediaproductions.com. Subscribe, share, leave a comment, and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop, and neither do the movies. 